I'm Jillian Dalberry, your fellow business friend and your host of the Gracefield CEO Podcast. When you tune in with me every other week, you will get practical steps in growing your business gracefully while juggling all the other amazing or challenging things going on in your life. I believe in building deep connections, building your business on strong values, serving our clients really well, and approaching boundaries and conflict in our business with a whole lot of grace. If you are ready to grow your business your way with ease, stick with me, friend. It's time to be a Gracefield CEO. You guys, I am sitting here with Elizabeth McCravey. Elizabeth, how are you? So good. How are you, Jillian? Good, good. We've been talking for like 15 or 20 minutes, maybe even like, tw- like, 30. like 30 minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes before recording this. So we have been chatting about all the things prior to this moment. Um, but Elizabeth, tell me a little bit, tell our audience who you are, what you do, a little bit about you. Yeah, so I'm Elizabeth, and I'm a website designer and podcaster as well, based in Nashville, Worley and Franklin, so close by you, a few hours away. And um, I make show website templates for female entrepreneurs that really help you stand out and show off what your skills are to your right audience. And I also have a course for designers called Booked Out Designer, where it teaches you how to build an in-demand business as a designer. And I'm also a wife. I'm a Christian. I'm a mom to a little toddler boy and just doing life, figuring out all the things here. (laughs) Remind me how old Colin is. He's 21 months now. Ish. Yeah. So almost, almost two years, which is so crazy. What, (laughs) tell me more about your, your toddler life, because I have a three-year-old, I have a almost eight-year-old and then a three-year-old and my three-year-old Ivy Kate is like, we are, we are in a very defiant season <laughs> and like, it's been very, very interesting to, it, to like be reminded of how challenging that season is. So have you entered into what people call like the terrible dudes? <laughs> yeah. Well, gosh, so he has started to be more like little sweet. It feels, still feels sweet at this point, like tantrums. Cause I think it's for him right now. He can't communicate. So oh, it's like, true. he gets really frustrated that he can't fully say what he wants. And we're like, wait, what do you want? We can't tell. And then he's upset by it. Um, he's also very much not a morning person and not a great sleeper. So <laughs> that's still hard over here. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So kind of starting to be in that, like definitely I, but I love the toddler age so far much more than the newborn phase personally. I think my favorite part about toddler is like when they can say, I love you and like wrap their arms around you. That's like a next level. It just like brings so much more joy. <laughs> Yes, toddler hugs are the sweetest. Yeah. They are. They're the best. So um, you, what does your husband do again? He is a mental health counselor and actually just graduated oh. from graduate school like three days ago as oh, we're that's recording amazing. this. So, yeah, so we, he's been in school for the past three years um, getting his degree and now he's like officially becoming, now he's officially a counselor and like on the job search right now. That's amazing. So yeah. you guys have been like, juggling all the things over the past couple of years of like your business, Colin having a baby and your husband being in school as well. Yeah. We actually have been saying that like, oh my gosh, it's about to be, our lives are about to be so much easier because it was like he had night class or counseling sessions with clients almost every weeknight for three years. So it was like, I was so low. Um, and I, the newborn days were harder, but there were many days where it was like, 
you know, he would leave for work at like 2 p.m., but then not be back till like 8 p.m. And then I'm alone with a newborn for that many hours. And then you're going through the witching hour and all that. So anyway, it's been, that's been hard of like not having nights as a family. And then also just the weird sporadic schedule. And he has had to drive a lot to drive to school and like all that. So we're excited though to enter like a more normal and get like some rhythms going. I feel like I'm starting to already see the rhythms like happening um, now that we've had like childcare kind of established for a few months now. So it's good. It's good changing seasons. Yeah, it definitely is. Especially I will say like with kids, they change so quickly, like their preferences, their rhythms, all of those things. It's like, once you get into a rhythm with one thing, it changes. And then you're having to like pull all of your resources to figure out how to accommodate this new season. So yeah. my thoughts and prayers are with you. I totally Thank get you. it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so um, I love your explanation of your business and what you do. And I wanted to mention too, my website, which is currently under construction, but will be launched here pretty soon is your Gabby template. And I have loved using it. So this just makes it extra special to have you on the podcast because I know your your work firsthand and how good it is. And so then to have you on the podcast to chat about, you know, what are the essentials for someone who is building a site? I think that this is just going to be a great topic for us to chat about. So tell us a little bit about what your thoughts are about what are the key must haves for your site? Yeah. So, okay. First of all, your site looks so good. (laughs) Yeah, your site looks so good and everyone needs to go see it once you do launch it. We were just looking at it together um, before we started recording. So anyway, you're you're great at customizing templates um, and making them like look your own with your design skills. But yeah, so some key must-haves. I mean, there's so, there's so many different things and obviously a lot of a lot of what should go on your website depends on who you are and like who your ideal audience is and what you particularly do in your business and who you serve. But there are some things where I'm like, oh my gosh, every website needs to have this. And if you don't have this, you're probably missing out on booking clients, getting customers and, um, okay. So yes. Okay. So Jillian's site, first of all, is so good. Uh, and we were actually just looking at it before we started recording and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love it. You're very good at customizing a template with your design skills. So shout out to you and everyone should go look at it um, once you have it live. Uh, but yeah, yeah so Elizabeth good. got like a little sneak peek. She knew, she knew the tricks yeah. to get past the, past the main page. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm actually looking at your site now. Yeah. Yeah. It looks <laughs> awesome. Uh, but yeah, so must haves on your website. So like a lot of that, ob- what should go on your site? A lot of it depends on your specific industry, your specific clients and your goals. Um, as a business, but there are some things that are like must haves for every single website. So we can kind of talk through some of those, but one thing to start with, and this is not the actual thing, but let's talk copywriting. So like copywriting is just as important, if not more important than the design, which can hurt me to say as a designer, but it's like in reality, like the words combined with design, that's going to help your people read it, consume it, understand it is what's ultimately going to sell your offers. So having really great copywriting and with that, something I really like walking people through and talking about is that people don't buy without a reason why. That's a quote by a copywriter named Jim Edwards. And so keep that little rhyme in your head. People don't buy without a reason why. Uh, And it's so true. So we need to know as business owners, why would someone buy 
what it is you're selling. Why would someone sign up for your services? Why would someone work with you? Like, what are their pain points? What are their needs that would lead them there? And often in like the sales copywriting world, when we're writing like, let's say a service page or a sales page, people often just focus on like one reason why someone should buy. Um, Common ones are like saving money or making money or saving time. Those are like three really big ones. We see like for, for example, like a virtual assistant or OBM, it might be that they're saving you time and helping you make money. Right. So those are like often like where people stop though. It's like the copy's all focused on that. But by talking about all the other reasons people might be buying too, you can get to like the heart of it and give people more clarity as to why your offer over someone else's. Cause that's where the like more detailed other reasons come in. So anyway, I have a, I have a guide on this that will probably be live by the time this episode airs. So if you go to elizabethcravey.com slash Jillian, you can, I'll put the guide there. Um, but it like walks you through these different reasons people buy, but basically there's about uh, the reason everyone buys is going to be different. And there's typically like to find about 11 reasons that people might buy from you. Um, and there are like, you know, those of make money, save money, save time, but then some other ones that are like more obscure might be like gaining praise, feeling more loved, um, being healthier. Like there's different reasons. And so, um, basically like I, what I recommend doing is like an exercise that's in that guide, but that'll allow you to go through, like, okay, make more money. How does your offer help someone make more money? Like really stretching yourself on answering that question. And then once you have all the answers, you can tie in this copy you're going to naturally write through doing the exercise into like your website, um, the headlines on your service page, your Instagram captions, like bullet points, um, all those different things. And then that's like the lens through which your website and marketing can get focused. Yeah, I love that. So when you said too, like copywriting is so important, I think that sometimes when we're getting started in our business, maybe we're building our website for the first time, or maybe we're just in a scrappy season. I have referred to my current season as a scrappy season. And it just means like, you kind of got to pull from, you got to evaluate all your resources before you invest in something. And so if you're in a season like that and you can't really afford in your mind to hire a copywriter or have them do your entire website. You know, I love, you and I have a copywriter in common, Emily Conley, and she's actually, I believe the episode with her on this podcast will have been aired by the time that you and I, or by the time this airs, but she has like workshops for people, really affordable workshops to like figure out copywriting for your business. So it's not that you always have to like hire someone to do the entire thing from start to finish. You could do it. You're capable of doing it, but it's just all about, you know, that guidance too. So like knowing your, uh, your freebie or whatever you're talking about, this list that you're going to share with everybody, that is something that is going to help educate us to decide how we need to write the copy on our website. Yeah. And I'm with you on like, you don't like, I think sometimes people feel like they have to like pay everyone for everything when they're doing things like a website or just starting their business in general. And like, I actually still have never had 
most of, most of the pages on my website I wrote myself. Um, Emily has written some of them, but I've tended to focus my like paid efforts for copywriting more so on like sales emails and launches and things like that. So it's like everyone's things different. Things that directly and, bring you money. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can even utilize some of that onto the website. So I've done some of that even of like, um, like Emily's helped me more with sales pages than like, you know, the homepage and things like that. Although I think she actually did help me with my homepage. And now that I think about the new homepage, but yeah, so it is, but there is ways that like, doing these sorts of exercises can help you write your own copy. But in addition to that, even if you are working with a copywriter, you still need to know this type of data around your business of like thinking through, okay, what are the ways, the reasons people buy, why, why me and getting granular on that, because that's going to help you as like the marketer for your business. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So another, um, another must have on your website, we can talk through like two quick ones right now. But one would be having photos of yourself. And that one's so obvious, but I feel like I still have to say it. And especially thinking about um, virtual assistants and OBMs, this is like a common thing I see as a lack on those sorts of websites where it's just all stock photos. And I get why that happens. And I'm actually very pro stock photo as a person. Like I use stock stock photo and video on my own website. So it's no, no shade for doing that. But people need to see who you are when they're hiring you to be like an intimate role in their business. They need to see who it is behind the screen um, that's going to be working with them. So it doesn't have to be that it's like tons and tons of photos of you and you've done a million like branding photo shoots with an expensive photographer, but even just down to like our iPhones take really good photos now, like get on portrait mode and like get a headshot in your home. And that can be your photo for a while. Um, for me, when I first started my business, I have a friend who kind of was interested in photography and had a nice camera. This was back when the iPhone was way less nice, but I like gave her a $20 Starbucks gift card and she came over and took some headshots of me. And like, when I look back at them, it's like, yeah, like the lighting was horrible. And like my, my room didn't look all pretty, but it like was doing the job. And I was on my website in addition to those stock photos. So I would just say, get yourself on there. And even more particularly, um, with yourself smiling, um, so, so not just like a serious face and ideally, at least for some photos, like looking into the camera and then you can also do some where, you know, you're on your laptop or whatever else, um, makes sense for your business. And then another thing, oh, go ahead. Oh, thank you. So I love that you said that not just because of the reasons you said it, but also even though you said, you know, it's kind of a given, but you're going to say it anyways, cause you feel like you have to, I'm glad that you did because I think sometimes we need permission to be able to do that. It's not showing your face on your website is not vain or self-focused or anything like that. It's about relatability with your client and like building a, a personal face-to-face -face connection before you even have that face-to-face -face connection. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that. And then I also have like a little like um, behind the scenes comment is like my current headshot on my email, the one I typically use for um, podcast stuff that was actually taken in my friend's house. We moved the, I'm looking at it right now. We moved the chair from her living room to her dining room because it had like white walls and she took it on her iPhone. And like, it's my favorite headshot. <laughs> it looks great. I know what you're talking about because we've been emailing so much lately. Yeah, like, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, so it can totally be simple and cost-effective. It's just about, you know, giving yourself permission to do it, to do it that way and just to like post it on your website. 
Yeah, and we, yeah, I'm glad you said that because I forget that that can even be a mentality with it of like that you feel like, oh, I don't want to show my face. That feels vain or like making it too much about you because I'm so used to like putting like face forward stuff now at this point. But you're right that that is like a, a real thing people struggle with. And in addition to that, you need to think about like when you're marketing your business on Instagram and other places also showing your face there. Like it's not just on your website. And again, it doesn't have to be every photo, but also other places like people need to go there and know who it is that's behind this website. And I've been on websites for people where I'm like looking to hire and I am like, I don't know who you are. I'm like, this could actually just be like a shell website. That's like a scam for all I know, because there's not any personality or person on it at all. So that's what you want to avoid. Um, and then you can take it a step further and like by utilizing the photos well and um, being present on your own social media and in your email footer and things like that, really like driving home who you are and creating a personal brand in that sense. Yeah, I think imposter syndrome can like keep us from doing that. But what you're saying too is like people aren't going to want to hire you if they don't feel like you're a real human. <laughs> so you've got it. You've got to be present. you got to share things about yourself. You've got to start building you know, personal brand is a very, um, it's kind of a buzzword. It, it's something that we like say in terms of like our business, but really all that building a personal brand is, is telling people who you are and relating to them. Like that's the, the gist of it. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah so, so what, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. <laughs> okay. So, um, what trends are you seeing in the industry? Like what is working and what's not working as far as, you know, adding things to our website, building our websites, those kinds of things. Yeah. So some things that I would say are trending right now in a good way would one thing be video, um, particularly not, not just talking about like, you know, embedding a YouTube video on your website. That's great. Like where, you know, they play it and there's volume and it might be like 20 minutes long, whatever. If you have something like that, that relates to your business, great. But I, what I'm talking about particularly that I see trending is more of that B-roll style, if you've heard that term, that's like auto-playing and often like a mashup of different things or perhaps it's, you know, only 10 seconds and it's just looping. And then on top of that, you might be putting some text, like maybe, you know, it's, you know, auto-playing in the background and then um, it's kind of blacked out a little bit and there's text and a button and a call to action. But basically that like movement that comes through video is really helpful in just making your site feel more dynamic. There's so much more we can do with websites now than we used to be able to. And even like for both of us as Show It users, Show It has even like literally in the past year, like even less than a year, like past like four or five months, upgraded the way we can do that in our Show It sites to where now you can even do on the mobile side a video as like a background canvas before we had to like go through and make GIFs and all kinds of stuff there. But now you can do that. So looking for ways that you could use video and thinking about like, okay, how do you do that? I mean, get back on how we can do things really simply. You could get out your iPhone and sit at your desk and do a little swirl in your chair and make that a loop on your like on your background canvas on on your show website. Additionally, there are so many great free stock videos or paid stock videos you can utilize. So one site I like is called Pexels. Um, that's P-E-X-E-L-S. And you can go on there 
sort it to be videos, type in what you're looking for. Like maybe it's woman typing on computer and you can download that video for free and utilize it on your website as like a background canvas um, within show it and put some text over it and just make your website feel um, more dynamic. So that's something that definitely just creates a more engaging website and is really fun. Another thing that I see working really well that I love this trend, but it is like, it feels so different than like how a lot of older sites look, but just larger text, like just being like, okay, with like text, things feeling bigger, um, regardless of like the screen size. So obviously like stuff changes a bit as we go to bigger screens, but just in general, like things being bigger and a bit more poppier. Uh, another one that I just adore that I again see as a trend but also like something that's been around for a while but I think people question is that with the rise of things like short form video through reels and tiktok we have gotten way more casual on social media like instagram used to be so curated where we're only posting like brand photos to our feed um as business owners and like even stories maybe felt more curated but now people are just really casual um on social media and i think that can make people think oh okay like is my website also more casual now too and i think almost because of how casual things are on Instagram and TikTok, et cetera, websites have gotten more professional to where like that needs to be where you're like showing your professional side, uh, which I really like. So like brand photographers, you know, don't be afraid. I feel like that's been even a thing of like, do we even need that stuff still? You do. And so I think basically like using professional images um, and really putting that professional foot forward is something that's like going well on websites. Yeah, that's those are all really good points. And I love that you mentioned bigger, bolder text. I'm like, I mean, I'm 34 and I am like in the season where I'm like, um, I think I need to like zoom in my my email or zoom in whatever. And so I actually appreciate that because it's like it's not always about like the tiny. I think for and one version of my website in the past, it was like very like thin lines, very thin text, very small text. And I'm so glad that that's not the trend anymore. (laughs) Because I, go ahead. I was just saying from an accessibility standpoint, that's also like, if you're, if your fonts, especially the body font where there's like paragraphs, if it's super, super skinny and thin, like if you're using the thin version of your font family, it's probably not accessible for a lot of people, whether it's because they're older or just have actual like eye problems. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a, that's a real thing to avoid. Yeah. I love that. So you kind of touched on this a little bit, but tell me more about why show it is a great choice. In the past, I have you know, seeing people use Squarespace or Wix or something like that, even like as simple as a Canva page to serve as some type of website. So tell us why Show It is a great choice. Yeah. So I'm a big Show It fan. I'm a Show It design partner and I've been using Show It for like probably nearing seven years now. So a while. Um, and I like to say show it's like Canva, but for websites. So like, yes, you can build a little landing page on Canva. I would not recommend building your whole website on Canva. Um, it's not going to help you with, from an SEO perspective, there's all kinds of all accessibility problems. There's all kinds of problems with doing that. You don't own the domain, so many things, but show it can feel like Canva in a sense that it's like really easy to navigate and customize. And when you have show it combined with like a really solid website template, you're just destined for like a beautiful, fun website and also one that you can update yourself. So that's something I love about show it is that a lot of us, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, like 
might consider themselves creative, but you're not a designer, but you like to know that you can like do stuff yourself. You don't want to have to call a developer every time you want to change something about your service. You want to update your pricing. You can do that and show it. Like you don't have to um, call a designer every time you need help with something. So you get creative control over your website, but feeling like you're in a platform like Canva where you're not having to code, um, even Squarespace, which is drag and drop, is a lot less customizable than show it is. So it's like, they're just all different. And I'm someone who, I'm obviously a big show it fan. That's what my templates are. That's what I've been on for years now. But I'm not someone who believes that like, all the other website platforms are horrible and you only have to use show it. Like I think they all can serve their own purpose um, for different audiences. And there's some businesses where I'd be like, you show it might not be a good fit. Like if you are a heavy e-commerce business with hundreds of products, you need to be on Shopify. You don't need to be on show it. You know, there's things like that. But for most people listening, like your audience, my audience, like we are really well fit for show it for our businesses to get that creative control. Um, and just, yeah, empowered with your website easily able to optimize for mobile, all that kind of good stuff. So one thing that I tell people is a lot, I hear a lot of people say, well, I'm not creative or I'm not, because I I come from a design background. So I specifically can own the creative title to some extent, but there's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, I'm not creative like you. And I'm like, that's not true because creativity does not fully come from design. It comes from like, who you are as a person, right? Like I creative problem solve, which is just as qualifying in the creative sense as like, you know, being a designer. So I like to kind of fight that with people of saying like, just because you don't feel creative doesn't mean that, you know, approaching your website design is not for you. Or, and what I love about show it too, is because I moved from Squarespace to show it. So what I love about the flexibility that it gives you is if you want to, you can kind of enter it at any level of commitment or involvement that you want to. You could build it from scratch. You could use a template from the M shop and you could customize it that way. Or you could like have someone come in and do it all for you. And it makes it really approachable to do any of those things. So It's almost like it serves a much wider variety of people and where they feel like they fall on that creative spectrum um, and makes the whole experience more approachable for them to take action on it. And what I love about the M-Shop templates as well is you walk us through every single element that we need to build our website down to like, if you want to add a line or if you want to customize this or if you want to move this around and it's got like tips and hacks and so many things so when people purchase a show it template they're not in the dark on it yeah Yeah, I'm glad you appreciate all the videos because it is like yeah there's it's possible to like do your website yourself and and like feel empowered with it to not be a designer and get it all set up um, and customized quickly. And like those videos help because show it is a learning curve, even though it is like, it's a lot simpler than a lot of platforms, but there's still a learning curves like any kind of new software. So I do try to like lessen that learning curve by like providing some tutorials. So yeah. Well, I just remember purchasing it and seeing the course that came with it. And I was like, oh shoot, 
this has got everything in it. Yeah. I think I can actually do this. Yes. <laughs> I love that. And I'm working on updating the course right now, which is so fun, like refilming a lot of videos. I mean, because show it the software changes, right? So it's like mm-hmm. the videos can't be like still forever because some of the like show it's adding new features and the the interface looks different. So yeah, it, it's fun though. I love I love getting the help with that side of it too, as well as the design. Yeah. What would you say to um anyone who's listening who just feels kind of stuck on the website side of things? Like they're they know they need a website, they know they need that professional foot forward, but they haven't, they just don't know like where to go or where to start. Like what would you say to them for like what's your first step? Yeah, just start. I mean, that's, that's an annoying <laughs> thing to say, but like, oh, gosh, I heard a quote the other day talking about how if, if the, my Adam, my husband was just telling me this, but basically the concept of like, if the version you put out of whatever it is, if you don't feel a little embarrassed by it, you've waited too long to like put something out there. Like oh that is word. the truest thing. And people <laughs> get so perfectionist about websites. Even people who are like not a perfectionist, they get like what you're talking about of like, oh my gosh. So Elizabeth just talked about show it, but like this other person told me about Squarespace and this other person told me about WordPress, that WordPress has to be the thing you're on. Like there's all these different things that you get stuck with. Like, which one do I do? First of all, you can always change it later. Like you're saying, you came from Squarespace. I came from WordPress. I've also had a Squarespace site before. Like you can always change to something else later and you are losing money by waiting to like not do it sooner because having a website is really going to help legitimize you as a business owner. Um, And your website's always going to be a work in progress because your business is always changing, especially in the early years when you're really defining your offers, you're defining who you are as a business. You might go through multiple name changes. Even I went through three name changes. Like Did literally, you really? yeah. <laughs> I only, I only remember you as Elizabeth, Elizabeth McCravey designs. Yeah. And I have back to the business boutique days. Like, oh yeah, that's how, so that was how right long. when I changed. So that oh, really? was, okay. right, that was 2018 then. So like, I think, um, yeah. So I've been in business seven years, like officially in business. And I had about a year before that of freelancing where I didn't really call myself a business owner, but yet yeah, in that time, really like in the first three years, I think was when I changed names three times and ultimately landed on my own name. But like in that time, it's like my website was changing so much too, because I'm like trying, I started out doing social media management and graphic design and branding. Like I'll do whatever you want was kind of like my business model, which worked out fine. Cause that helped me figure out like, Hey, what do I like doing the most? So, um, I actually think for people who are new, if you start out doing like Jane of all trades, Jack of all trades stuff, it does not mean you're a master of none. You just have to figure out which thing you ultimately want to do. But, but yeah, during that time I had many different business names, um, trying to find out like who I am. And I was, I was avoiding using my own name, which is so funny that that's ultimately where I landed because I thought my last name was too difficult. And so even though I started out thinking I might do that, um, I was like, no, I'm going to like do a made up business name. So it took me a roundabout to get there. Yeah. I did the same thing. I think that that goes back to the feeling of like, are we making it too much about us? Like the vein, like you're not vain. If you use your own name, it's honestly the easiest thing to do because then at some point when you go through a transition of offers or audience or something like your name doesn't change and you can just still be you. And it goes back to that personal branding. So I love that. I think that that's a great tip too. And I think that that applies to um, not just your website, but anything in your business that you're building. I have a new membership called Serve Your Heart Out for VAs and OBMs where I'm training them from going 
to reactive to proactive, from just efficient to effective in their clients' businesses. And just that in of itself is like, oh, well, I want it to be perfect. Like I want, because because I have experience in the VA OBM world, like I want for everything to just be super seamless. And that kept me from starting so much because I, I overthought it, I overanalyzed what I needed to put out there. But I like your threshold of your, if you're not embarrassed <laughs> to some extent by the first version that you put out there, then you're losing money. And that's, that's a really powerful statement. I'm really glad that you shared that. Yeah. And that's like, yeah. I mean, and it's also, it's one of those things where like we look back at early iterations of things and you should feel like that wasn't perfect, especially looking back. Like I look back at my first templates and like the way I launched that and what my website looked like, I'm kind of, I can be like, ew, like, wait, I did that. Like that doesn't look good, but it worked then. It's like you just change and you grow and evolve. And yeah, you got to just get stuff out there and know that like, even with offers, like you're saying, like with a membership, it's like you can adjust it and change your mind and change the offer as you go. Um, nothing is set in stone in our businesses. And as far as like the personal branding um, and using your name versus like a made up company name, like I think both can work beautifully. And you can also build a personal brand within either type of name. So you could have a different name and still show your face, still show up on stories and all of that. But one like lie I believed that made me not want to use my own name was that no one will want to work for me if it's not like a legit cool agency company name. Um, and that's also just not true. Like you can have a team um, and have people in your business and it just be like your name. Um, plenty of people do that. So that's also something not to like fall into the bleep around, lie around. Yeah. I love that. You've given us so much to think about. And I hope that whoever is listening to this can feel empowered to just take that first step if they need to take the step or to like take a step in making their website more professional or focus on the copywriting or adding their face to it more <laughs> and just showing more of themselves and being themselves on their professional website. So thank you for sharing all these things with us. I want to wrap this up with the question about tell us where you're giving yourself grace in your business and in your life right now, because this podcast is always about like being better in our business, growing in our business, um, growing our client experiences, no matter where we're coming from, but doing that while also living life. <laughs> and to do both of those things well, it's not about getting it perfect. It's about giving yourself the proper amount of grace and actually accepting that. So I want to hear how you're doing that for yourself in your business and in your home life. Yeah, and I love that mission and like message behind your podcast because I'm literally feel the same right there with you. Um, for me, thinking about this question, I'm I feel like I've been giving myself grace to be in like a season of motherhood more than my business right now and being okay with that, which is interesting because you know, I've had my business longer than I've been a mom. I built my business to being you know a digital product business and had a podcast and all that before becoming a mom. So it's like I knew business without motherhood and now throwing a child in, it really does change things. And it's, it's like, I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way, but I am like, it is, um, it's a harder transition. So kind of knowing that when it comes to my business, I can do all the th goals I have. Like I have all these business ideas, concepts, like courses I want to make, whatever it is. Um, but I can't do it all at once. And I am slowing down. 
um, to do motherhood stuff more. And it is like so much, it's more, it's harder than I thought it would be. Cause we actually, we do three days a week of childcare. And like, that's a decision we made because I want to be like home more right now, but it's also a hard decision because it can make you feel behind and like, wait, does this really make the most sense? So like basically trusting, um, trusting God and trusting like my own, um, intuition as a mom in that decision, um, that's okay and good. And I, I believe too, that in life that different seasons call for like different intense focuses at times. And sometimes I feel like we can be shamed about that. Like there's seasons in business where you're hustling really hard and like, that's your focus and like, you're building this thing up and that's all good and great. But I think sometimes we can like see shame for that. Like being in a season of hustle, you're not supposed to hustle, supposed to all be chill and easy, but like there are seasons of motherhood. That's a hustle, right? Like no one is shaming the postpartum mom that her newborn is her only focus. And like that showering is like a gift and no, she's not working right now. It's like, that's like not a bad thing, but there's other ways in our life too, that um, we might be in more seasons of hustle. So I feel like I've been in like the chillest way to use the word hustle prior to being a mom, more like focused on my business. And now I'm trying to navigate business and motherhood together. And, um, it is really hard at times. And like, I feel like I'm looking to women like you, Jillian, who are wiser and farther along than me in motherhood, like trying to figure it out. Cause it is really hard. So I feel like I do a lot of like giving myself grace that like, I don't have to do it all. And, um, just enjoying like being home more with Colin. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that compliment, but I think we're all just like throwing spaghetti at the wall. We're like, oh, what are we doing? I have a friend who has a newborn baby and she said, I mean, I just, you know, don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, girl, me neither. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like almost eight years in and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I think that's, that's part of what makes it really cool to like find another community of moms who understand that because even though sure, I might have learned something in the past eight years that I could share with you that would be beneficial. It's like, at the end of the day, none of us feel like super confident that we're not like screwing something up. And so the amount of grace that you have to give yourself as a mom and as a business owner is imperative to showing up the next day to both of those things as your whole self. And I think what I'm learning too, I love that you're, I love that you pointed out the two coexisting, but focusing and prioritizing the the family piece. We are in our house, we're moving into a season, well, summer, and my son will be home. My husband will be home because he is a teacher, but he also has real estate part-time. So we're juggling all the things still, but I feel this pull to work less even though I have the ability to work longer days because I don't have to go pick up anybody from school. But I feel my heart tugging me towards like taking chunks of time off. And I think that we have to be willing to give ourselves permission for that. Just like you're having to give yourself permission for this season, which is lasting longer than two months, right? Summer for us is two months long. But for you, this is like a year, two year, three year long season where you know you're not going to get this time back with your with Colin and your family. So yeah, I love that you're giving yourself permission to allow the two, two very important things, two things worthy of your time and attention, allowing them to coexist in a really healthy way. So thank you for sharing that with us. Uh. 
Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. And that's such a good point. Everything you just said. Yeah. So, um, thank you for being here today. This has been like long awaited. People don't know the back end of all of this, but we've gone back and forth on recording this podcast for months. And so it's final. It's great to finally be in the same virtual room with you and get to chat with you about these things. And thank you for sharing all that you know about show it all of your design experience and giving us advice on all these things. We super appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's really fun. All right, friends, that's it for this episode. I'm so grateful you're here and would love to connect with you. After you subscribe to the show, come hang out with me on Instagram at Jillian Dalberry. See you there.